0: Hello everyone. Good to be back here. It's 5 a.m. here in Nebraska, South Central Nebraska. I get up early. A lot of you that know me know that uh, I'm an early bird. I wake up a lot of mornings at 3 to 3 to 3.30, three, uh to 4, somewhere in there. Um, uh, I get up and I gather my thoughts and I usually start working on the computer and try to get some of my work done before my day gets crazy. Um I want to give you a little idea as to what I've been up to the last few weeks. I haven't been staying on top of my podcast like I should and I apologize. I I run into people all the time that listen to me and they're appreciative and I appreciate all of you. It uh I, I'm glad I'm making a difference in people's lives. All of you that listen. I'm really grateful for that. Um uh, but anyhow I ended up about three weekends ago I ended up running out to Wyoming. Uh, my friend out there Norm Heater. He's 85 years old now and uh Norm is he's had a wonderful life. He, he's one of the guys in Wyoming that he has forgotten so much about that state that most will never know. And whenever I went out to the Red Desert with him, uh, on our many adventures out there looking for arrowheads or artifacts, uh, calling coyotes, hunting antelope, or just hunting, uh, sheds, he, e- everywhere we went, he had a story, um, and he would say this happened in 1962 and this happened in 1974. He was such, um, he, he, I shouldn't say was, he is, uh, such a, um, a, a powerful mind for that area and he taught me a lot about the Red Desert, and that's why I love the desert. I love going out there just because it, it's just, it, it, it's, it's hard to describe, you know, I'm a loner. I love my peace and quiet. I love being by myself and I go to the, I go to the desert and it's just me, you know, uh, the antelope and the wild horses and a few coyotes, you know? So I was asked by Norm, he, he became friends with a gal and her husband there in Saratoga that they own a home there and they own the home right along the river, the Platte River, North Platte River that runs right through town. And she is a district attorney, uh, for Campbell County, Wyoming, which is up around Gillette. And so she stays the week up there and then most weekends, her and her husband come down to Saratoga. Well, she is very, very, her, 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 uh, pastime, her, uh, priority in life in her spare time is to take pictures. She's a very, very good photographer, uh, primarily wildlife. She loves taking pictures of wildlife. One of the animals, and you already know where this is going, One of the animals she hardly has any pictures of is the old coyote. So Norm took her out like three times and Norm's good at calling but when you're 85 and your back's bad, you can't walk. He said, Les, I I took her to three of my spots and I couldn't even call in a coyote for her. So I told her about you and I said, there's one guy that's the best, and <laughs> he'll make it happen, and I'm like, Norm, don't be telling people this, because then I may strike out, and <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, I told him I could do it in the fall, possibly, but then I ended up getting sick, I got COVID, you know, and um I, uh I ended up not being able to make it in the fall in October when I was hoping I could make it out there if I had a break between harvesting and then starting a guide but I just you know, it got too hectic which it usually always does but I I ended up going out there and uh and we're talking January, and it was full moon. (laughs) It's my word. I hate calling January. I hate it because I've had the worst luck in January because it just gets tough when they start uh, pairing up and uh, it can just be a bear, you know, Um, and I say bear. Let's be real. I, you know, I could usually always still kill call and kill one in a day, you know, but it just it would so many stands, you have them howling at you, you have all kinds of stuff happen, but that that could be a sign of a lot of other stuff, you know, barometric pressure, everything else. But anyway, so, so we get out there and this gal is in her sixties, uh, low 60. I believe she's 62. Uh, so 10 years, my senior and, um, she's a little tiny thing and big smile, loves life, she loves wildlife, and, of course, I took her out, I, I had Norm meet me, because I was on my way out, and I left at, like, three-something in the morning here, and, and, you know, I gain an hour going out there, so it's, like, two in the morning out there, so by the time I got out there, we still had plenty of time to call, but I didn't want to drive Claire into Saratoga, because that's all, down at saratoga is primarily a lot of private property down in that country so i wanted to go somewhere where it was blm and i didn't have to worry about you know getting permission and all this other stuff well i did stop at one place that i called you know 20 years ago and he was like he was all smiles and he was like absolutely you can call so long story short, we made two stands on his place right at sundown. And I called two different coyotes and I killed two. I that's the only two I shot at that day and I killed both of them. Um, but I had her with, and they didn't, uh, give us a a photo op because the way the wind was blowing, they all, they all wanted to go to the downwind, which I told her, I said, when you got a strong wind, they're going to try to skirt to the downwind. And, exactly what happened so I met and we went we went to some clear up into some public stuff and we called and on a stand one stand uh, on the third stand I had a big male come in and I mean this thing was beautiful big white thing fluff ball great big thing you know and uh, I had her sitting to my downwind and over along a fence and it was wide open country and the wind was blowing 15 mile an hour, 20 gusting and I happened to turn her way out across the wide open stuff and it was roly poly stuff so you couldn't see forever. There was draws and dips and that's right where those things sleep but we're calling down to a great big sagebrush draw. And in our mind, we're like, that's where they're all at. But me, ah, knowing what I know about coyotes, no, it's usually there's some in the thick stuff, but they're, they love laying out in that wide open in a little hole somewhere, you know, laying in a cut, whatever, getting some sun, you know, out of the wind and this and that. And I just happened to turn my head and about 125, 150 yards away, I've seen a coyote running away from us, loping away. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? He came that close in this wide open stuff that I never even seen him. But like I said, it was so roly-poly, he'd probably just come running up right by the fence, seen her. I'm thinking he even smelled us and then took off running. But the moral of the story is I never shot at this coyote. I told her when I seen it and she started spinning around looking and then she saw it and that thing ended up going clear up on a high knob uh, about 400 yards away and he just stood over there. Uh, If I would have had a downwind guy, you know, that shot distance, uh, they could have just smoked him and he he was so pretty Um, and we just, I let him leave. Like, One of my cardinal rules has always been from the time I've been a coyote caller, I never get up and spook a coyote. I just don't do it. I won't let them know I'm there. They know I'm there, but I will not get up and let a coyote just take off running away. I won't do that. I always let the coyote leave if I'm not going to shoot at it. I'm not one of those guys that flings lead at coyotes at 600 yards. I don't do it. Uh, And and I've tried telling everybody this and you don't have to follow my style. It's just the way I am. I, I, it's one of my pet peeves. So I don't ever do it. I let the coyote leave. I let that coyote get clear down. He went over a hill going into that big sagebrush draw. He set. There We screwed around and watched him for 20 minutes like he didn't want to leave and uh, I even played some different sounds some kangaroo rat and some other stuff on the lucky duck and um, just messed with him a little bit but he was in no big hurry to leave and he was a old adult coyote a big old male. Well after that stand we got out of there and we ended up going all the way back to that guy that had the private property that I got permission on. We had enough time to make two quick stands. Actually, probably just one good one. And just so happens when we sat down, I told her, I said there's going to be one come here. But when we walked over the hill, there was a little bit of sagebrush on the side of the hill, but it was all snow, snow white and because the way the snow had drifted uh we were on the winds out of the southwest predominantly so we were on the slope that faced the northeast so all the snow drifts over the hills and we're wearing dark camo on a white side hill and i told her i said let's just set right together in one blob and we'll set right in the sagebrush i told her i said there's going to be a coyote here and as the sun was going down we were in a dark hole and out in front of us it was all dark but clear out in the wide open it the sun was just as bright as could be and i told her i said once those coyotes hit this dark you are going to have a hard time seeing them because they will blend in like you won't believe and coyotes just sneak up to you in this stuff so I seen a bunch of crows messing around down on a meadow about a mile away. So I glassed and I seen a coyote over there. There must've been something dead or something over there. He was, he was, the crows were messing with him. I told her that there was a coyote over there. So I said there's more than one here. And so I, uh, I was using the lucky duck and I think I was, I would play in TNT Cottontail. You guys know this. That's one of my favorite sounds. And I started playing it and it wasn't long. I, I moved the volume up so it could really get out there. And then I brought the volume right back down and just letting it play, you know, maybe at 10, maybe at 12. And I happened to look to my right kind of to the Northeast And I told her, I said, here comes one. He's, he's running out across that meadow. See his white chest. She couldn't see him. I said, okay, he just hit sagebrush. See that sagebrush over there? Yeah. I said, he just went into that. He's going to come up right on the top side of that. And you're going to see his white chest. And he just, that coyote was ripping in and on a full run, you know, just ripping in. And, but that's, it wasn't going to take long. It was going to be right in our wind. All it had to do is go back to the south a little bit as it was coming in. It was going to hit our wind and I told her that I said they're going to win this because they got the advantage, you know, and as that coyote come over the last knoll out of the bottom and it stopped and it stood there and it stood there. It stood. I "Uh, something's weird here. There must be another coyote coming in sure enough, right down in front of us in the dark, I said, here's one right in front of us. And it come ripping out across right in front of us. Uh, And I say right in front of us, it was still 200 yards and it was going right to the downwind and she never did see it. Uh, and she'd never even seen the one that was, um, out there in the wide open. And I ended up finally, I'd shot the one that, that come around the one that come up in the dark in the shadow and I shot that one and we ended up leaving there and it was just getting dark like the sun was down we got back to the vehicle and that's when I get in kill mode you know like when I realize coyotes are starting to come in good I just start hustling and i said do you have enough light to take pictures oh yeah yeah we, it, but it's it's diminishing fairly fast i said well let's try to make one more quick stand so i went clear around got got in another meadow and we made another stand and i had her sitting right beside me and uh, we called and just like clockwork i knew they'd come from behind us which was downwind and the wind had let down enough and we were sucked in the sagebrush where the wind wasn't catching our uh catching our smell very good because it couldn't project it downwind we were out of the wind per se and i just happened to look downwind and you couldn't hardly see with all the tall sagebrush and stuff and i've seen a face bounce i just seen a a, a white face uh coyote face and I said right here right here and right on the other side of the fence and boom one come up and it was sitting there looking our way then it ran off and as soon as it did um I got ready and I happened to see the ears coming of another one and it came into a little clearing about 140 yards away and as soon as it stopped and it was standing there I told her and she, I think she tried getting on it, but it was just it was too far for a camera. And I, I just hurried up and shot the coyote because I knew I wasn't going to get another chance because it was they were straight downwind. The first one spooked because of my wind, you know, and I shot that coyote. Really nice male, big male. The first one was the female, and I when I went over to the fence, um, uh, to get the coyote her phone was ringing (laughs) she carried her phone in there and it was Norm how'd you guys do and I'm like oh my gosh we can't even do nothing without everybody wanting to know how we're doing so got that coyote loaded we got back to Saratoga and you know obviously it it was an okay day. We made five stands called seen five coyotes. Uh, No, wait. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Um, Had two dry stands and then three stands I called coyotes on. Um, But I hadn't been to Wyoming for a couple years anyway. And then the next morning I told her, I said, we're going to get up early and we're going to leave and I want to be at the spot where I want to call cause we're going out to the desert. And I said, we're going to go make a few stands out there. And, uh, we got around early the first stand. It was so cold. I'm telling you there's something to be said about the desert. It was so flipping cold. It was like, it was probably seven above one above something like that. But there was probably a 15 mile an hour wind. And I mean, it was freaking bitter. And my hands literally froze on that first stand. But we walked in and you know me, six one. I just freaking rip out across there and she was still getting ready and I got out there and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. Then pretty soon she's coming down the hill and she walks really close foot together because she shows short, you know, and so she don't slip and fall on the snow coming down the hill cause you know and the rocks and stuff and she gets down there and I told her I said go just sit out in front of me cause the way the wind was blowing it was blowing right down the draw that we were calling I was calling kind of a crosswind but I just knew one had come up that draw down below us and that way she would be close enough she could get a picture of it try to anyway and Lo and behold, I call and just like clockwork, here comes a coyote right up the draw below us and going right to her, but I, I'm just like, this guy is going to win us any second. And it was 200 yards. You can see it was a big old fluff ball, just big woolly thing. And it kept coming. I go, well, maybe our wind draft is blowing around it and it's not it's channeling down the draw, and that coyote kind of come up out of the draw. I said, "Man, maybe that thing's gonna come all the way in." So I coaxed, and I told her when we left, I said, "When I coax, there's a coyote close. When I just go, went, 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 went." And she was looking all over, and she'd turn and look at me. And I'm, po- I'm looking at her, pointing right down the draw, right in front of her, and she turned her head and my eyes were watering it was so cold you know and um that coyote finally hit our wind and just took off went up over the hill and she brought her camera up and i thought well she saw it but in the end she said she thought she caught movement but she didn't know but she never did see it and the coyote stopped and stood there at about 150 yards for quite some time and then it started coming a little closer and that's when it winded us um and took off And I said, well, by the time we got back to the pickup, we had to sit in the pickup for 20 minutes. And then it started getting light. And I told her, I said, now I'll take you to the good spot. (laughs) Um, But I took her to a spot and wasn't far from that spot. And uh, I, uh, I had her sit right with me. I mean she was setting right to my left and I said <clears throat> I'll help I need to help you so you can see these things and uh, the crazy Wyoming landscape I and this is disturbing to me it just makes me mad but now there's all kinds of squatters moving out to the desert and When you think of squatter, you think of somebody living in somebody else's house, but that's not the case because it's the BLM land out there. They're putting campers all over out in the middle of nowhere. Like I told her, we walked over the hill and there's three campers out in front of us in different areas. I said, right where that middle camper is, that's right where a coyote usually comes from. Like that coyote would have to run around that camper to come in. There's obviously nobody living out there in those campers, but they put campers out there, I suppose, to live in the summer and then they work in the oil field so they don't have no expense. I don't know what the deal is, but it's sick. They just put a camper out there. And there was three of them out there and they were all within a mile of each other. But it's horrible. You're looking out across a sagebrush draw and all you see is campers. And I'm talking pieces of crap. You know, you shouldn't even be sleeping in one of them damn things. And then to pull the thing out across that sagebrush and those hills. I mean, that thing had everything underneath's got to be ripped off of it by the time it gets out there. You know, it's just plumb stupidity. So we set up and I put the lucky duck out in front of me and start calling. And probably 10 minutes into it, I see a coyote coming, and that coyote's hauling butt, ripping right in, coming out across the, uh, coming down a hill to the south of one of, or to the north of one of the campers, running down the hill and just getting ready to hit the draw. And I told her, I said, he's just running out across the wide open grass. He's about 400 yards from us, coming down the hill. I said, he's running full throttle. And, it's just getting ready to hit the bottom of the draw and it's going to come right up this front lip right here in front of us. And you're going to get some great pictures coming right to us. And because the wind was now in our favor, you know, um, and she never saw it. And I, I turned the call down and waited and I said, well, it's down in that bottom now, but it's going to come up on top of this plateau right here and it's going to be in the broad sunlight that coyote's gonna be right here, and you're gonna be able to see it shining. And it took a little bit, took a little bit, and finally that coyote comes up on top of the plateau, and it's a flat plateau coming right to us. And then it, it when it comes across that plateau, it drops right in the hole we're in, and it's gonna be right in our lap. And that coyote's coming across the top. I said, Here it comes, it's right there, shining in the sun. And she's like, I don't see it. I said, it's straight right where you're looking. And then that coyote for a second turned a little bit and it kind of went to go around some sagebrush. And then she saw it and she pulled her camera up and it would just click, 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 click. And she was taking so many damn pictures because by then it was, oh, it's probably 60 yards, 50, 60 yards. And it just kept coming in, coming in coming in and it got to 10 yards and it turned broadside and stopped right in front of us and she was taking pictures she stopped taking pictures she turned and looked at me and she said please don't kill this coyote please don't kill it it's too beautiful and then the coyote (laughs) turns and goes to our downwind right in front of us lopes and And uh, then it it got around my side right by me, uh, probably seven yards and caught a whiff of us and then turned and ran right back out the way it came in. (laughs) I had my shotgun. I had my rifle. I had everything, you know. And me at the moment, I was pissed. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I was pissed, okay? Um, It's hard to explain but, well, it's not really hard to explain because I'm going to explain it to you. Um, uh, When we got done, she was pretty much crying. And because she got some phenomenal pictures of this coyote, right? It, it absolutely beautiful the way it stopped its eyes. It's everything. It was a fully prime. I think it was an adult female from my just from looking at the the body and everything. It was a big old female and it was a mature female. It wasn't a pup or anything. And so then we had the Les Johnson talk and she was like, thank you so much for not shooting that coyote. And her name's Corrine. I said, Corrine, I said, there's nobody on this planet, including you, that has more respect for a coyote than I do. I have far more respect for that animal than you do, because I've hunted them my whole life. I said, but what you fail to understand is that coyote looks beautiful right there. And I'm not lying. That coyote was beautiful. But when that coyote has a baby fawn antelope in its mouth, it's a whole different thing than most people. That coyote's going to go to kill at least 20 fawn antelope this this spring and summer, no matter what. And we could have stopped that. But I understand where you're coming from. But I'm not here to appease to everybody. I'm here to save the wildlife. And that's why I would shoot that animal. But I didn't shoot it, you know, and that's probably the one, one of the nicest coyotes I've ever let walk. I, I have let coyotes go before if they're all rubbed out and it's late in February or early March and I call in coyotes and there it's a pup and it's all rubbed out and I, I I don't want to kill it. You know, I, I've, I've felt bad for coyotes because I know how hungry they are. The winter's just getting over and it's a pup and it had a hard winter and it's all, it's furs no good. And I just, I let them go. I go, boo get out of here, and they look at me, they, they trot a little ways, look at me, like, people don't understand how many opportunities a coyote will give you if you don't make drastic movements, and this coyote did the same thing. Instead of turning and running straight away from us at 10 yards, it had to come get our scent before it felt safe in leaving. It had to justify why it needed to leave. That coyote come right in front of me. It sit five yards, practically, come around my side. So she was on my left and it come to my right and it come down in a little hole right to my right where the wind was swirling and it hit my wind at probably five yards, three to five yards. And then it turned and left and it, it hightailed it out of there. But what I'm telling you is even a coyote We didn't make drastic move. We were talking, and this coyote still had to come get our scent. It still wasn't sure what we were, A, because we were on the side of a hill, right in the sagebrush, and we were camouflaged. I mean, yeah, we had our faces looking at it, and she had a big-ass camera up with a lens that was 18 inches long on her camera facing at it, but it didn't know if we were – uh, golden eagles are what we were you know that's really what they think you know when they see a big dark blob they think we're a golden eagle and that's why i like wearing dark stuff in the desert because then you look like an eagle i shouldn't give you guys tips like that <laughs> but the moral of the story is kareen and i had a little talk and 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 i told her i said you know yeah i i drive all this way you know I spent just on the trip out there and back way over $500 just to take a person I never knew, take them on a coyote hunt and get them pictures of coyote. I didn't have to do that for nobody. I did it for Norm. But even he doesn't realize that that trip cost me a lot of time and money just to see a a big prime coyote go running off that I would have killed, you know, help pay for a tank of gas anyway. But we had our talk and you can't change people's minds when somebody's taking a picture of a coyote they see how beautiful it is in the screen okay that erases all the bad things that that coyote's ever done uh, maybe a cow having a calf and she's eating that calf as it's coming out of the cow or a wild horse uh, give uh, having a full same same thing I love coyotes. I love them. I think they're the most beautiful, amazing animal on the planet and God's creation. But I told her, I said, Corinne, if, if we don't keep the populations in check, they get mange, they get parvo, they get distemper. And that is far crueler to that animal than taking a few healthy ones out every year. And I said, a lot of people fail to understand that. And she's, she's a lawyer, you know, and, but I did my part to try to teach her that, yeah, things aren't always beautiful in the screen in the, in the everyday. It, it, it don't always happen that way. So that was my adventure that day. We made We made three stands. I made one more stand. The wind started just once that sun got up, the wind was just ripping. Like I'm talking 25, 35 mile an hour. We made one more stand where I kind of called with the wind, crosswind with the wind and never saw a coyote and I said, yeah, it's time to head for home. So got her back to Saratoga and uh, once I got to Saratoga, I packed all my stuff and I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to some of my old stomping grounds. I'm gonna go piddle around until about dark and maybe stay in a motel on the way home, but I wanted to go make another stand or two and I, I found some public, you know, with Onyx Maps, you're able to find a lot of the stuff you never knew back in the day that was public. And that's what I did. Um I went made a stand and I posted it on my Facebook. But as I was going in driving through the pasture and through the sagebrush, I found some uh, sage hens, sage grouse. And anytime I find sage grouse, uh, it's just like pater behind them. You know, you you go downwind of them The coyotes always stay where they can smell them, just like antelope herds. The coyotes stay within the, the, the smell of an antelope herd, a wintering herd, you know? So, you hunt the downwind side of them. And that don't mean coyotes aren't on the upwind either, setting somewhere where they can watch them, you know? But coyotes, they hunt into the wind with their nose and they want to keep an eye on the, the animals they eat, you know? So, I went downwind, made a big loop down around, walked clear in there for my pickup, because I'm walking crosswind to get in there. Cause I know coyotes would come from my downwind, but I just I want to try to limit as much as I can so I do as much walking as I can. I carried my shotgun, my rifle, and just like what I'd said when I took green, the way the wind blew, the whole side of the hill was pure white and a couple clumps of sagebrush. And I set I dug a hole and set right by a sage bush, but I I dug the hole out in the snow, so I sat down in there another foot and a half down below the surface, and uh, called, and upwind, I mean, just instantly, within two minutes, I spotted the first coyote upwind of me, here it come, circled clear around downwind, and it got in the sage down below me, so then I started playing kangaroo rat, just to try to pull it out of that sagebrush, it was so thick down in there, and here it come, and it was coming right up to hit my wind, and it come up, come up, and it got to about 150 yards, and I was on it with my rifle, and it stopped, and boom, whop, and I'm shooting suppressed, so I'm shooting with the wind, so I'm like, I couldn't even hear it go off, so I play again, and I'm sitting there for one to two minutes and I played it pretty loud because that wind was crosswinding pretty, pretty, pretty strong out in that wide open crap. <clears throat> sure enough, I spot another one right where that one come from. And I figured it was the mate and it circled clear around the same path went right down in the sagebrush so I switched again the kangaroo rat here it come but it stayed down it was down it was away from the first coyote about 150 yards and I'm like I ain't shooting at that sucker it's too far and then here it come it could smell the other coyote that was dead so it started coming right towards it and I'm like perfect and then it got about 50 yards away from that one and it turned a little bit and it gave me an, instead of a head on shot, it gave me a little bit more of a broadside shot. And I got up on it and it sat there and sat there was looking and sniffing and, and I shot and I got that one. Well, then I never even played the call any louder. And I, time I went down and retrieved them things, falling through the snow and going up to my knee in snow drifts. And I mean, yeah, all the joys. of uh, The hardest part is retrieving coyotes when you're in the winter like that. It takes a lot of time to go get coyotes. And uh time I got them up to the top of the hill, I carried them up to the very top, went got my guns, carried them to the top. Then I had another five minute hike to get to my pickup, then drove my pickup over there and I took some pictures and I thought I'm going to get another stand on this creek and by the time I started getting out of there and getting away from that spot, it was like, you know, I have no cell phone service up here. I'm 35 miles from any civilization and if something happened to my pickup, I get a flat tire, anything. I'm out here all by myself. No cell service. No, I ain't doing this. So, I just packed up and headed, headed for home. So, I made one stand, killed two coyotes, and I seen two more after I got my pickup. It, the wind started laying down a little bit, but it was going to be a cold night and, uh, the coyotes were dang sure up on the prowl and I could have shot both those coyotes from the road, but I didn't even want to mess with them. Um, but that was my adventure. Two to three weeks ago. I got to get me a little more coffee here. So, I want to tell you a little bit about the calling expedition that I made. And that was a quick, just, I went out one day and I came home the next day. I made nine stands. I called nine coyotes, okay? And it was January probably third week of January, right in there, Uh, 16th, 20th, somewhere right in there. And, and this is no bashing, but I want you to understand what I'm, I'm gonna say, okay? There's more and more people nowadays that gotta go because of time, a lot of it's because of time. When when winter hits, people get busy. They're doing other jobs. They have other responsibilities. So, in a little bit of a lack, daisy, uh, lack, lack of work realm, they take trips to go hunt. And it could be a hotter time of the year, uh, it, but it's early season. You know, October, September. Um. So a lot of people will go try to call coyotes, kill coyotes, and they'll have poor results, poor results. Even though there's a lot of pups out there, there should be a lot of pups. There should be a lot of uneducated ears out there. And they have poor results. And I hear it all the time. Not just one instance. I hear it all the time. Oh, we never had very good luck. It, It was tough. I don't think the numbers are there blah, 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 blah. And like I said, this is no bash for nobody, but I've heard this a lot. I went out there with the uh, out to Wyoming thinking it was going to be pretty dang tough. And it it, it, trust me, guys, I went to areas that I knew. So that's why that was good for me because I went to old stomping ground. I've killed thousands of coyotes in that stuff, you know. So, I just have little spots I like, you know, that for whatever reason, they're good, you know. So, I went out there with not very high expectations and it turned out it was very good. Um, So, I had a, a friend of mine that went out there early season and spent three days, killed five coyotes. And him and his dad, they just never did well and he had told me, he said, man, Lester's, there's no, we never heard no howling. We never saw no scat, very few tracks. The only coyotes we killed were right by water, which, which is uh, uh, common when it's warm in September, you know, it's pretty hot yet out there in the desert. Um, and he was very, very, very discouraged. they have been going out there for four five, six years, usually kill 20, um, killed I think they killed seven coyotes, but they killed five calling in three days. And that's the only coyotes they called in and they killed all of them. And I said, man, that don't sound very good. And he goes, well, we never seen any, we never heard any. I said, you never even seen any because usually you'll see a pup out running around, you know, he said, no, we saw two bonus coyotes and we killed both of them. So I talked to several other people. I said, is there any coyotes in the desert? I mean, did they die off? What's going on? I talked to one guy that bought some shotgun ammunition from me and, and uh, he said, well, he said, I can't say that it is. I, he, he said, I can tell you that we went to one area. I've always done good in. We made like five or six stands and I never called the coyotes. We got the heck out of there But he said, as soon as we moved to another area, we started killing coyotes. And he said, I I think they move, you know? And I said, well, yeah. I said, I agree with that. And uh, so then I talked to Norm too. I said, have you heard anything about the desert? You know, uh, being kind of low on coyotes this year? He said, I ain't heard nothing. But he said, they gotta be out there. They always are. And I said, well, we'll go give it a try. And I had good luck, you know, I I made three stands, called two coyotes. So in the desert, you know, and uh, so I'm just going to tell you that early season and I've noticed this when when the when the pups leave the the adults when they get kicked out and, and they're on their own they become very timid and shy for the most part because now they're on their own. Like, yeah, you can call them in in October and even September, you can call the pups in. They don't, if they're hungry, they don't even know what they're doing. They're coming right to a call. But for a lot of, for, for a lot of reasons, they get very Um, very timid because now it's a big world out there facing them and they're all by themselves you know they got kicked out of the den and kicked away from mom and dad so it can seem like there's not many out there but people have asked me on competition calling well how do you do it Les scouting is a big part of it but I always hunt areas. I don't go in howling. I always hunt areas like I know they're there. I always, 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 it it don't matter if I'm in, uh, New Mexico, Texas, Arizona, you know, Nevada, Montana, North Dakota. I always hunt like I know there's a coyote there and a lot of people lose hope pretty fast and they give up. Me, I give up fast too when I realize that it's other conditions against me, whether it's a moon phase, whether it's a, whether it's the hot weather, whether it's just the area, like if I make five stands and I'm not seeing squat, I'm like, no, we need to cut our losses and get the heck out of here. Now, and that's me though, you know, I don't especially I, I'm not a warm weather caller anyway. I like calling coyotes when it's cold. Um, I just don't like calling at 70 degrees. Like I lose, I lose all hope at 70 degrees. I just, I don't like doing it, you know, but that's me, you know, don't hold it against me. It, it just understand that's me, you know, but so I went out there with the expectation of maybe not calling many coyotes because I knew it was January. My, 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 most hated month of calling coyotes January. It was full moon. Another thing against me. Uh, but I've killed the most coyotes I've ever killed in my life on one day on a full moon. So full moon the day, you know, so things, things, crazy things can happen, right? So, I, I wanted to tell you that story about going out there and making nine stands, seeing nine. I called nine coyotes. I didn't shoot at them all. So, I wish I could have, but it is what it is. And <clears throat> don't lose hope, okay? Is there a c- secret sound? Absolutely not there's people there's certain sounds that trigger coyotes I'm gonna agree with that 110% I've done it I do it cow tailors coyote pup distress I think it's number two that's the only one I ever used on the fox pro hands down, one of the best sounds I ever used in my life. I did it to trigger coyotes. If I had coyotes that ever hung up on me, I used that and I mean, I could trigger them and get them to come in, but I didn't play it full blast, blaring nonstop. I had a sequence I did and the way I do things to get them to come in and they would come right in. Now, a lot of people, including some of my listeners. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. It's so easy to give up and think, oh, there's got to be a different sound out there. There's got to be this, got to be that. When I heard Rick Pellett's TNT Cottontail, I instantly said, that right there is going to be a coyote killing sound. And that is one of my go-to sounds. Like, if I'm using the Lucky Duck and the wind's not blowing real loud, like say it's only a five-mile-an-hour breeze, I will play Lucky Cottontail. That sound is butt-kicking. And if there's stronger winds, that deep, throaty TNT Cottontail sounds a lot like a jackrabbit, and it just, it, it it's very, very good. I want you guys to have have hope, okay? don't get sucked into the, well, this sounds better. This one's better. This one's better. I travel all over killing coyotes. I wanted to, I I, I'm talking about this because I wanted to make a point. Okay. I went out there. I made nine stands and called nine coyotes. If I would have had a partner with me, we would have killed probably at least seven of them at least on making nine stands in January, people have already been calling all of stuff. I seen where I was going when I was calling, I seen where vehicles busted out through the snow drifts, went all the way out to the ridges that I was calling. They had already called those draws. Somebody had been out there called all that stuff. And I told Kareem that. I said, that is a coyote caller right there. Somebody's been out here. When we were walking into a stand, I watched a a Toyota pickup coming down a gravel road two miles away. That guy stopped on the road because he was watching us walk in to make a stand. I said, that's a coyote caller. I guarantee it. He's watching us walk in and make a stand. I said, there's people out here calling all this stuff. You know, everybody's calling coyotes anymore. And, you know, so and I called a coyote at that spot. That's that big white male <laughs> that I didn't get a shot at. So what I'm trying to tell you is it's easy peasy to lose hope. And I know some guys aren't that good at callers. I know some of you feel like you fail at it. You don't, you don't know what sounds to use. You don't know this. You don't know that. Stick with a sound. Okay? Stick with it. Volume is very, very crucial. If the coyote can't hear it, he's not coming in. Okay, simple as that. You could be setting at the best spot on the planet and if you don't play the call loud enough, you're not going to have a coyote respond. So, you're going to say, yep, guess nobody was home. Bullshit. You just didn't know what you were doing. I call it uh, operator error okay? I always run my volume. Clear up, I don't leave it there for a long time, and I run it back down. Now, if I'm calling in really, really, really strong wind, I will let that thing play for one minute at full volume, and then I back it down, okay? You gotta let your sound get out there. You got to wake the coyote up. If he's three quarters of a mile away, and he's curled up in a ball, he's got to hear it loud enough where it wakes him up. And then your volume can go down because now he's curious. He's like, what the heck was that? Did I just hear, uh, I, there's a dog treat over there. I just heard something singing, you know, and that gives him the curiosity to want to come towards you, you know? So don't lose hope. I, I, I try to tell you no holes barred what works for me. If you got a lucky duck, TNT Cottontail, Lucky Cottontail, you're, you're in like pay dirt, okay? Those are some good, good sounds. And I don't stray far from the sounds that I have success with. I don't like to keep trying. You get a hundred sounds on these calls. I don't have time to play a hundred sound. I mean, I'm not just going to go this one, this one, this one, this one, and just keep going through them. I don't do that like a Rolodex, you know. I don't do that. I played one tune my whole life with a hand call, one tune, and I make I I every now and then. So there's two tunes that's all I ever did. I didn't have a hundred sounds and I killed thousands of coyotes. Okay. Thousands. It's just, we overcomplicate everything, everything, but less. I don't have any jackrabbits in my part of the country and that sound sounds like a jackrabbit. Do you think they eat fawn deer? Do you, do you think your coyote eat a black bear cub occasionally? Do you think they eat a, a raccoon, uh, baby that screams really deep? I mean, this is people that have no understanding of anything. If you ask me, none, they want to make excuses their whole life for the, for the bad crap that they've, they've, they've done their whole life. They want to make excuses for everything. I've used the same sound everywhere I've went. Missouri, Indiana. I've went everywhere. Oh, unless you ain't called east of the Mississippi. Yes, I have. Well, I only called one coyote, and I didn't even try. But yeah. It <laughs> anyway, you guys know you know what's going on. You're listening to me because you, you want to hear the stories and you, you want to gain something from it. You want to learn. And I appreciate that. I want you to learn. Don't overcomplicate it. Okay. Don't buy the newest, fanciest camo that shines. You don't got to be wearing that, uh, uh, you know, all this stuff that makes you look like a, a freaking mirror over there sitting on the side of the hill wears dark camo that blends in dark blob some lighter stuff some darker but the light stuff can tend to look like a mirror just warning you if you have coyotes coming in and they're stopping at 300 yards they are seeing you they are noticing you okay i get that all the time what am i doing wrong well you're you're freaking moving and it's your camo Hate to tell you. You spent $2,000 on that Sitka shit and it don't work. There. How do you feel? Because it's the truth. The best calling gear ever was Carhartt's. The best. Okay? Why stray from stuff that works? Okay? Anyway. Starting to get revved up. I had a little coffee. <laughs> anyway. I hope all of you have a fantastic day. Go out there, do something great for somebody else, and uh, keep being good people. Um, The people that reach out to me are just fabulous. I'm so, so thankful to have all of you in my life. Uh, Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me. I, I hope it has an impact on you. Um, Just keep striving to be better, okay? Now, for the end, I want to say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, please watch over each and every listener. Put your arms around them, guide them, protect them, help them to be better people. Protect them from all the negative stuff this world has tried to offer them. Help them to see through it. Help them to, to, witness the evil before it happens guide us all Lord help us to be better please forgive us of our sins and be with all those people that are less fortunate give them hope Lord help us to be the hope for them help us to give in Jesus name I pray amen all of you have a wonderful day get out there, get to calling, and uh, keep it simple. Don't change it up that much. I give you this. I'm giving you the sound, okay? If you're, if you're not having the luck, it's volume, it's set up, and it could be something else. The wind. Maybe you're calling with the wind. No, I don't recommend that unless you have to. Anyway, Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm out.